Just a quick warning, today's episode is explicit. It is of a sexual nature, and there is some language that may not be appropriate for individuals under the age of 18 years old. Discretion is advised. Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. Are you stuck in your sexual relationship? Are you seeking more communication and erotic freedom in your relationships? Have you ever thought about a blueprint to guide you in your quest? We're going to answer these questions and more when we talk to a certified erotic blueprint coach. My name is Michael Hurst, and I am your host, and this is That Thing About Finding Your Erotic Blueprint. There is a disclaimer. This podcast episode is of an adult nature. It has an open conversation about sex, intimacy, and relationship. Discretion is advised, and due to the explicit nature, I recommend you to be 18 years old. My guest in this episode is Jack Stone. He's a leader of transformation and erotic freedom. He's been a six-figure audio professional for over 25 years in the video game industry. He has studied over 10,000 hours of leadership business in real estate investing. He's an expert in communication, relationships, sex, and intimacy. He's a certified erotic blueprint coach, and he works with couples and individuals who want to transform their intimate relationships and lives to the fullest extent. Welcome to the show, Jack. Thank you, Michael. What a great introduction. (laughs) That was excellent. Thank you. You're welcome. You've been through a pretty radical personal transformation over the past six years. Can we talk about that? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite the story. It is. Um, I wonder where I should begin. Start well, the beginning. yeah, start at the beginning. <laughs> well, um, you know, I met my wife at a Super Bowl party and we were both, we both liked having fun and being social. What's interesting is, is um, she's the social butterfly and always, I was always sort of like the wallflower but opposites attract and we got along really, really well and we dated and, you know, it's kind of like that, that classic story, you know, boy meets girl and they get married and they have kids and, you know, for better or for worse. And, you know, it got a lot, you know, it went, it got a lot better for us. I mean, I mean, by the time I was, I mean, I think we had like houses from Hawaii to Florida and I had a great career in the audio industry and video games, you know, making great, great money. And, you know, but you know, our sex life always wasn't what it, what I had, you know, had hoped it would be. And, you know, we had tried, we went to sex therapy and, you know, it just, it never actually going to sex therapy actually kind of shut me down. And, you know, I had to drive that energy somewhere and I did put that into, you know, wealth creation and I did quite well at that. But really, I think 2008 was sort of the, the year that it all just hit the fan, really, you know, for better or for worse it turned to worse in 2008. I mean, that's 12 years ago, but wow. Um, we, you know, employment dried up. I had to move to Seattle to take a job and that became, you know, we started losing our houses and I mean, we lost millions of dollars over a couple periods, a couple of years. Um, my wife's dad, my father died. Um, our son, our only son was diagnosed with, uh, autism you know, he's throwing chairs. And I mean, it just to say our, our life was challenged (laughs) to say our life was challenged is an understatement. And, you know, of course that affected our sex lives and our closeness and intimacy. And it just, it was like the lowest point really. I mean, I was to go through. Yeah. You know, I'm seeing a, a, um, a counselor to save our marriage and, 
you know, ironically, like the more I saw him, the more I wanted to like leave the relationship, you know, I'm, I'm like, fuck, you know, I'm seeing this therapist to go, Hey, help me get this together. Help me hold this together. And the more I saw him, Oh, it was just, I'm like, I, the more I wanted out. So I had to fire him. <laughs> I'm like, you're out of here. This is not going the way I want it to go. You know, as bad as things got, you know, we were still together and we stayed, we stuck it out and we got through it, but things really didn't change. They were like that for about five years. And then I got laid off. <laughs> well, it's like one thing right after the other. It really kind of puts the kibosh on the, any kind of a relationship or intimacy within that relationship. Yeah. And, and so ironically, like we had already decided we were coming to back to California on vacation and, and I came home one day, I was like, you know, I just got laid off and this is awesome news. This is great. I was literally, I guess it's interesting is sometimes people go through these things and it's like, oh, getting laid off that might, to some people that might be, oh my gosh, what I'm going to do, am I going to find a job, blah, 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 blah. But for me, I was like, oh, this is great. I can move back to California and we can, you know, move back to our, you know, to where we live here in the lake. And it's, you know, I think it was that point that started to shift. So I, you know, we came back to California, things started to get better. We were here about a year and, you know, and I got, I started to get kind of curious about, you know, intimacy again, after being shut down for a long time. And I started listening to, you know, podcasts and um, reading books and, and things like that. And so I found this thing called Oming and I was like, oh, let's, let's try that. And so she agreed to try it. And I was all excited. I was like, you know, I read all about it, studied it and, I was excited to try it with my wife. And so we did, she agreed to it. And then she hated it. She's just like, this is not for me. This is irritating. No. So I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> okay. Where do I turn? What do where I do I, what do I do? Where do I go? And, and this is what led to the, uh, the Kundalini awakening. You know, I, I've heard of a Kundalini awakening, but I didn't know what it was until just prior to this conversation with you. Can you help us to understand what Kundalini? Kundalini awakening. Yes. It's a, well, when it happened, I, I actually thought I had a brain tumor because the changes in me, they were radical. They were radical personality, fundamental personality changes that happened in about a period of about, well, at first I noticed changes within a few days, but within two weeks, it was kind of like my whole system is being like rewired. My personality went from like wallflower to fuck here I am. And I'm not afraid to be who I am or show people who I am or, or show my sexuality or anything. And it became very magnetic. What triggered that? Uh, well, I was, I came home, I was coming home um, late. I was working, I was crunched. I, I work in video gaming and we have this thing called crunch time where you basically like work 12, 14 hours a day for like months at a time. And it's a serious problem in the industry. And I was in one of those times. So I came home, no one was home. It's like 11 o'clock at night. And so I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe, maybe I could try this oming on myself. I know I'm, I know it's for women, but you know, we all have the same, essentially all have the same parts, just organized a little bit differently. So let me try it out. And, and so I, I laid down and, you know, I had some, some music that I was listening to that kind of got me in like the right 
frame of mind and I did a little plant medicine. I turned off the lights and, and just started like tuning into my body and just started, you know, self-pleasuring and in a way that I'd never done before. And I started, you know, obviously I had like the feelings that I've had before, but there, but there was something different. So like, there was like this, almost like a, I'm like, what is that in my stomach? It feels like, God, it's like, what is that? It feels like, like there's something swirling in my stomach and I just noticed it. I'm just like, I got really curious. And then suddenly my whole body was like, it felt like someone connected like a thousand volts to it or a thousand amps. And my body just started arcing. Like I was being electrocuted and my whole body started shaking. Like my left leg just started like shaking, like insane, like something I couldn't even, I can't even do that. If I tried like my breathing pattern changed and I'm like, fuck, this feels like I'm just in this. It put me in this orgasmic state. And it just kept going. And so, you know, I'm used to, I'm a, you know, I'm a cisgendered male cock bodied person. You know, I have a penis, heterosexual, you know, the way I've experienced orgasms is, you know, like last about, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds. And then it's over, you know, for maybe, I don't know, a half hour, an hour, you know, it depends on your age and health and so on. So for this to just keep going and going and going and going and just going and, you know, I'm like, God, when is this going to end? And then like, I'm like, well, I got I can't take anymore. <laughs> it was just, I've never experienced anything like that. That's crazy. And this was the Oming. It, it was like a modified version of it. I, I had read the book and I had got inspired from it. And I just sort of made it my, I, I made this my own thing out of it. I just, you know, I'm, I synthesize, I synthesize, you know, I'm a creative and I take parts from all these different places and I synthesize out and what comes out is something new. And that's what I did. I talked to tons, tons of people about this and they're like, how did you even think of that? I'm like, I don't know. I just, just did. Um, so that was what started that was basically the event that changed everything and so this basically triggered the the kundalini experience or the kundalini awakening then yeah that's what triggered it absolutely so when that triggers that tell me tell me a little bit more about the kundalini is it deal with chakras what does it deal with does it create an energy within your body? I'm familiar with Qi. I practice Qigong and I practice Tai Chi. Oh, okay. And I can manipulate energy from that perspective, especially with my, I suffer from severe rheumatoid arthritis. So I help to kind of uh, uh, manage my, my disease a little bit with acupuncture and with balancing the energy within my body. Is this kind of an expanded version of that? I would say so. Yeah. I, I think everybody has this energy. But in my research that I did, that it often, more often than not, it lies dormant in people. It's there, but it's not really activated. And what I did activated it in a big way. 
That's amazing, actually. Especially if you took it from a position where, you know, curiosity has always opened up the door to to invention, basically. And um, you just open that door a little bit and uh, look what you've come up with. It's yeah. <laughs> kind of a whole... <laughs> but I mean, like, it, was, it was nuts. It, it was literally... I, I kind of thought I was going... I'm like, am I going insane? Is it a brain tumor? What's responsible for this? And that's and that's how I got because I never I never I never knew about it. Never I didn't do yoga. I didn't practice qigong. I didn't practice tai chi. I mean nothing. I didn't I did nothing with energy. And suddenly it's like on my doorstep. It's got to be a very positive awakening. It was, and my and then my sex drive went through the roof, like off the hook, like like wow. Like from one to a hundred. Uh, it went from like one to a hundred. Yeah, absolutely. Did you tell your wife about this? I, hmm, gosh, that's a great question. I don't, I don't actually remember if I, well, she's obviously aware of it now at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know how I brought it up. I think I might've said something like, you know, I'm really changing, but it was, it was the thing that jump-started our healing process. How'd you find out about like uh, an erotic blueprint? Oh, that's a great story. <laughs> well, um, so I had, ex- I had, we had started, well, after, after my awakening, we started, you know, we did start doing massages and, and we started really healing our relationship, really tuning into each other. And things had started to, it, it was almost like my energy had started to jump to her. You passed the energy from yourself to your wife. I, th- I think I did. Yeah, I did. And that's and, possible. Yeah, I, I do think. I do think so. So, so it had started to shift, and so we had we went to a a tantra, a weekend tantra workshop. And help um, us understand what a tantra is. Tantra is like a. It's sort of a. It's from India. It's from ancient India, and it's really about. It's, I would definitely put it into more of a using, you know, sexual energy in a transformational way. Okay. And so we went to this um, weekend and it kind of freaked her out. And I got, I did get a lot out of it. And I met a lot of people that, that I just resonated with. And, and one of the women a couple years later said, Hey, I'm, I know this lady named Jaya Ma and she is creating this thing called the erotic blueprints. And she needs male models to, for her PhD research project are you interested? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Tell me more about this Jaya Ma. And she, and so my friend says, well, she's, you know, she's been a worldwide sex educator for 20 years. She's been on stages with like Tony Robbins. She works with celebrity clients uh, from like Dancing with the Stars. Julianne Huff just talked to People Magazine about how Jaya helped her with an erotic blueprint. Absolutely. Yeah. Juliana Huff from, yeah, dancing. Yeah, exactly. And so she's like, well, do you, would you want to participate? And I'm like, well, sure. I'll, yeah, of course I'll do that. So I, I drove up to um, her house in Malibu and she read my blueprint and she's like, well, you are an energetic shapeshifter. And I'm like, I, I, yeah. yeah, I kind of want to talk a little bit about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so help us understand when you say erotic blueprint, Help us understand the process of getting to that erotic blueprint so that, again, she said that you were an energetic shapeshifter. So, so tell me about what exactly is an erotic blueprint? How do you, how do you find yours? Okay. When I, when I first explained this, it's, if anybody's, if you're familiar with the five love languages, this is very, it's in many ways, it's similar to the five love languages, except it's, 
with sexuality and eroticism. And a lot of times people grow up, you know, we're really only taught one type of sexuality and it's like penis and vagina. It's like the penis goes here, here's the penis, here's the vagina. That's where they come together. And, you know, for many people, that's the extent of what's sexual. It's, it's what you see in movies. It's what you see in porn. It's really, it's really what's taught. You know, the majority of educational programs teach in the sexual, which is about 20% of what's really available. And so what's, what's cool about the blueprints is we've done, what's interesting is Jai's done over 40,000 tests. And what's interesting is the majority of people are energetic. A lot of people pull up energetic, but there's no education that even tells what that is. Maybe we can help people to understand what that is, because I took Jaya's test online Mm -hmm. prior to this conversation with you, just to kind of get a more experience and understanding what we're going to talk about. And I came back as an energetic. Oh, oh, you're just like, you're like similar to me. Uh, yes, we've got actually several things in in common. I'm like a 28.5% energetic and a 25% shapeshifter. Wow, that is very similar. And then 25% sensual, 14.29% sexual, and 7.14% kinky. Interesting. That's fantastic. So can we talk about those kind of things? Can you Abs- help us to understand what each one of those maybe mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. So... So a shapeshifter, well, let me not, let's not start with shapeshifter. Let me start with energetic. So an energetic needs light hovering touch. It could be, it could not even be, you might not even need to touch people. Like energetics can feel people without even touch. Like you can have orgasms without touch. Wow. You can have like orgasms from all sorts of different things. Like, like you can almost just think yourself into one. An energetic needs lots of anticipation. They're not... Hey, you horny? Yeah, jump in the bed. Opposite, that's a sexual. So an energetic, they need that anticipation. They need to create that longing of like, I can't wait to see you tonight. Kind of a romantic. In many ways, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to see you. You know, they love like eye contact and breathing together and and teasing and, you know, playing with energy. Um, Like some of their superpowers, well, obviously they're super, super highly sensitive so they can have like orgasms without touch. They can have like energetic, non-genital, full body orgasms. They can go into altered states. They can like see colors. They can fall into trances. Um, it can be very transcendental, very spiritual, uh, personal growth oriented. And a lot of times they have like really, really deep empathy with others. Like they can really feel people. They can feel their, like how a person is, but with all that sensitivity can create some shadows sometimes. So their hyper, that hypersensitivity can sometimes short circuit turn on. And I can give you a perfect example for this. So let's imagine, so if you're in a, if you're a, an energetic and let's say your partner is a sexual, now a sexual superpower, they can go from zero to 60 in like four seconds. They're like, I'm there, let's do it. But the energetic person, what do they need? They need they need space, anticipation, tease. And so you're, so you've got this mismatch. You've got one person that's like zero to 60 and you got this other person that needs space. And so if the sexual approaches the energetic, the energetic can go, whoa, that just blew my buzz. You've just, see. you see, does that make sense? It does make sense. Can I, I know that you're on a 
kind of on a flow here, but the, in but that brought up a question. Yeah. So if you do have opposites like that, does this blueprint help you to kind of merge those or find common ground so that you, you can come together? It does. It does. It gives you a common language in which to communicate your sexual needs, wants, and desires. And it, okay. it gives you that language to say, to, to be able to explain it. You're like, hey, I still, I still love you. You just approached me too quick. I'm an energetic. And then, then the sexual person can go, oh, okay. What do you, you know, you know, tell me how you could approach me better. You say, oh, I need a little bit more anticipation and tease. Oh, okay, great. And then that way you both get what you want. I find this interesting because when you said earlier about the five languages, you're going to teach people how to inherently understand the five languages of love and then how to, how to communicate. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, the erotic blueprints is all about like commun- being able to, there's so much that goes into it because there's, there's full five types. I mean, you've got the energetic, which we, we talked about. Then you've got the sensual, which in, I guess in today's culture, people see women as the sensual, like they like things like, you know, it's like beautiful candles and they're turned on by scents and, you know, like hot baths and like, they just have a strong aesthetic for beauty. You know, they need to essential. This is interesting is essential needs to relax, to have sex. Whereas oh, that a, is interesting. Yeah. Whereas a sexual needs to have sex to relax. And That's so what the complete opposite, it's the complete opposite. So what if you're married to us? What if you're a sensual and you're married to a sexual? Can you see how you the might conflict. have? Some, yeah. Can you see the conflict? Yeah. And, and so that's what, that's <laughs> what, that's what the blueprints help people through. Cause they, cause you can, you can have, you can still be in love with that person that you married and love and you know boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, and it just gives you that language and go, here's how you can make this work together. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I have to ask you this because obviously I brought it up on my end of it and you said that you're the same thing. What, what is a shapeshifter? Ooh. Now, shapeshifters, <clears throat> hold on, I got to clear my throat. <laughs> this one. I watch like Legends of Tomorrow and Legends of Tomorrow have a shapeshifter. So you get kind of that aspect and this person changes into a completely different individual in order to accomplish what they need to accomplish in the plot of the story. Ooh. Is that kind of what happens with a shapeshifter? That's actually a really good insight. And it actually is one of the shadows of the shapeshifter. Because, see, a shapeshifter wants and needs all of the blueprints. They need that energetic. They need the sensual. They need the sexual. They need the kinky. They need them all. They want them all. But one of the things that a shapeshifter can sometimes run into is, let's say their partner is just sensual. And so they, because they're a shapeshifter, they can go there very easily. But what happens is they don't get their needs met in the other categories. That's really interesting, actually. So how, and, does, yeah. how does that person learn to be able to get their own needs satisfied? I think by understanding, well, I, you know, I think it's education. It's, you know, first, you know, this comes into awareness because a lot of people don't even know what they want. They don't know why they're, they don't even know why they're not satisfied. That's true. I I can, yeah, I can relate to that. I understand that is the primary issue, lack of communication. So, I mean, and I think in today's society, people have forgot to teach 
as the kids are growing up, they forgot to teach them that communication is an important factor in in your life and in your lifestyle and in society. Yeah. It's just being not being able to be heard without judgment. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I, I use a um, I use a tool um, called a dyad um, to to help. I teach that to help people communicate better so that each person is heard and heard without judgment. And it's a it's a really powerful way to communicate between each other and is quite. I mean, you can go deep with this with this this type of communication. I think that opens up a whole new aspect of the erotic blueprint, in my opinion, because once you have a better understanding of each other, that kind of opens the door to more, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and also, you know, there's also a lot of shame. You know, there's also a lot of shame about sexuality. You know, people, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, especially actually in the kink, in the kinky blueprint. I knew I had actually one of my, one of my friends, like she took the test and she's like, gosh, there's kinky in my blueprint. <laughs> fuck what's wrong with me why would i want that I, there uh, i better take the test again oh god it's still kinky oh what's wrong with me you know people people think there's there's nothing wrong with you you're just everybody's you know you're normal this is normal i think in all of these when i had looked at this when i took the test myself and i had seen you know the shapeshifter which again you just answered i was confused about that up until that point but the sensual i kind of understood the sexual i understood and the kinky i actually understood mm-hmm. you know not saying that that that's primary mine was only 7.14% which is a small factor but in relationships my wife and i've been married we've been together for 31 almost 32 years we've been married for 31 so long time well 31 years is a long time to be together. You you have to find ways to re-explore your relationship. Yeah, yeah. You know, at, at different decades within your lifetime, it just kind of, that's a long time. That's, that's three decades of somebody's life. Yeah. And people get complacent and, and people get bored. Mm-hmm. So in regard to something like that, obviously the, in your opinion, in your professional opinion, an erotic blueprint might be an option for somebody to kind of reignite that. What do you think? It totally does. It's, and I've seen it, I've just seen it over and over and over again. It's, you know, like, cause there's, there's five stages of sexuality, you know, like you could be resting, you know, where that's, you know, you could maybe just had a baby or you've broken your hip or, you know, there's, it's like sexual activity is just off the table. And by, and just by, Having that language, it allows you to go, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. You're messed up. You can't have sex right now. Um, You know, and then there's the healing phase. You know, and everybody goes through these phases, and and one is not better than the other. But having that understanding, that communication, that ability to be able to say, you know what, I'm, I'm resting right now. I'm healing. I'm healing right now. Or, oh, I'm starting to get curious. What about, you know what, I've, I've always wondered about spanking. Why would... Why would anybody want to be spanked? But, oh my God, I just, I just want that. And then, you know, but then they have shame over it. So you clear that up and then suddenly they go, oh my God. Where do you think the shame comes from? Society. You know, I think a lot of people, like when I was growing up, you know, like sex wasn't talked about in my household. Like if something came on TV, my parents literally covered my eyes. You know, they shamed my, um, my sister for, you know, you know, for, 
play, you know, humping her stuffed animals. I mean, what is that teaching the child? You know, you know, what that taught me was like, I better not get caught for that. I better hide that. I better stuff that down. I don't want to, you know, I don't want, I want to, I don't want to have the wrath of my parents come down on me. Like I, you know, cause I've just witnessed it, them coming down on my sister. So you're taught very quickly to turn your sexuality off. And that's, that's not healthy. It isn't healthy. So do you recommend that society, in your opinion, that society should um, learn to kind of give bit more exposure or better exposure to this? I know in, like in Europe, when I've had some conversations with people in Europe, they're more open to, you know, they were showing boobs and bras and, you know, panties on TV before anybody else. Because to them, it was just part of life. Here it is. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't, well, here, look how long it took for even a, a semi-nude scene to be shown on TV. And then and then past that, how long it took for cussing, even something as simple as as cussing, you know, yeah. to, to emerge on TV. It just in, in the last few years, actually, it has really kind of blown out. Where before that, you never heard fuck on TV. Right. You never heard yeah. shit or kiss my ass or anything like that. Now, all of a sudden especially on the cable networks, even in the adult swim cartoons, mm -hmm. you know, it's more, it, it, it's more apparent. You, you hear it all the time. So it took a long time for this kind of stuff to kind of evolve within. And I think, I think maybe, do you think this type of like the erotic blueprint type activity, do you think that is something that, that is emerging? Do you, do you see a, a wide use of it? I, I do. I do. We just, um, it's, it's gaining a lot of, I, I don't know, traction. Like we, you know, we do have events. We usually, we typically like pre COVID, um, we would do a event every October at the end of October. We, we do this event called path to passion. And this last one we did, I think there was over like a thousand people there. Wow. I mean, don't, don't quote me on the number, but just in the last three years, cause I, I found Jaya about maybe three, maybe four years ago at this time. And so I've been, I've been in this community for, for many, many, many years. And I've just seen, I've seen the growth and awareness of people going, gosh, I'm just tired of being shut down. And, and then you see, you see, you know, people are fucking afraid to talk about sex. Yeah. They're ashamed for it. And I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. So Juliana Huff dancing with the stars came, you know, People Magazine. She's like, you know, she's, she, I'm so proud of her for, for speaking up and going to people and saying, look, you know, my marriage needed help and I wasn't afraid to ask for it. And then this got on The View and everybody on The View poo-pooed it. They actually, they're like, she's newly married. She's young. Why does she need a sex therapist? Why does she need a, why does she need a sex coach? Why does she need edu sex education? She should just know that. And this is, this is the people on The View. Publicly, kind of I mean, they are shaming her on television. Yeah, that's kind of sad. I didn't know that they had done that, but yeah, yeah. I think personally, I think that um, obviously learning more about this myself prior to you and I talking, I think that it's a very positive thing for individuals, especially couples who are struggling. That this is an opportunity to kind of reignite your passion and reignite your your love for each other from from a different perspective. Absolutely. I mean, it's done, it's done. I mean, it's changed, changed my life. I mean, it's turned it around. I mean, I was in a sexless relationship and going nowhere. And, and now people 
see us out about the town and they're like, they're just like, what, what are you two doing? You seem so in love. How long have you, are you two dating? You know, you know, like you can see you, if you ever go to restaurants and you can look around and you can tell the couples that, that have been together a long time. Cause they just sit there and they don't talk, you know, and then you, and then you see maybe a, another couple and they're like all touching each other and giggling and laughing and just having a great time. And they're like, Oh, they must be dating. But I, I got to tell you, you can have that just dating feel in a 26 year relationship. And that's amazing actually. So you don't have to be rich or famous in order to have this next. I know we just talked about Julian Huff. We talked about Tony Robbins and all these other celebrities, but you don't have to be a celebrity or a star in order for this to work for you. No, no, you don't. It's just, just normal, regular people. Do you think that, I mean, obviously you told me about your um, awakening when you had, um, you know, kind of awakened your, your own within yourself. Uh, does this work for uh, singles, for individuals? Do you have to be a couple in order to learn this? Or do you have to be a couple in order to practice this? I actually think it's a fabulous idea for sing for a single person because it gives them, well, it allows them to know themselves, which is often rare, you know, because then let's say if you're a single, well, it's actually, it's, it's even, even more interesting is, is you start seeing other people's blueprints. You can, you, you, like, you can notice, ooh, what they, like, once you start learning blueprints, you start seeing them everywhere and they are everywhere. They're like, oh, that person is a sensual and so if you're a single person. That opens the door. <laughs> that opens the door. Yeah. Imagine, imagine you're a sexual and you see this fabulous looking, you know, a sexual male and you see this beautiful, you know, woman and you don't know her blueprint. And so you approach her sexually and you're like, Hey babe, let's, can I buy you a drink and let's go to the hotel. And, and I I've seen men, I, you know, I go out, I go out in the town. We're very social and men will just literally come up to my women friends and, and say stuff like that. And they're like, man, you don't get it. Like you want to go home with this girl. You, you got to play her. You got to know her game. You can't just approach her in your blueprint. So I think that really helps like knowing your blueprint as a single person, you can approach somebody in their blueprint. You can talk to them in their blueprint. You can yeah, that's amazing. It kind of opens up the door to having a better relationship all around. Yeah. That's pretty cool, actually. It really does. Yeah. So are there any do's and don'ts? Do's and don'ts. That's a great one. I mean, nothing really comes to mind. Well, maybe you can, can you help me understand the process? So if you're going to teach somebody the erotic blueprint, or if you're going to help somebody create their erotic blueprint, what's the process? Ah, yes. Okay. Well, one of the things I, I do is I run a, I run an eight week um, group. I typically run group sessions because I think that makes it more affordable to people that, you know, you don't have to be a celebrity. I mean, I think Jaya costs, I mean, to work with Jaya is like, I think a hundred thousand dollars a year. Holy smokes. Yeah. You know, and she takes a very small group of people and I get that most people don't have a hundred thousand dollars a year. So I run group coaching sessions that are, you know, hundreds instead of thousands. So I try to make it approachable and to people, regular people, not multimillionaires. But one of the things is, is, a, is, is a, a, is an eight week course. And it basically goes through, you know, and starts with the fundamentals. It builds and goes, you know, what are your obstacles? Where are you at? It's like, it looks at your core erotic blueprint. You know, it looks at your stage. It looks at your obstacles. 
because we all have, you know, everybody has a stage, you know, you might be, I'm ready to be wild and transformational. And, you know, and then another person might be, I've just had a baby and my husband doesn't want to have sex with me anymore, but I love him. And this is, I mean, believe it or not, this is super common. I've met people that have gone through this course where, you know, the wife was pregnant, they had the baby, the husband never wants to touch her again. Which is sad. Yeah, it's really sad. Does somebody have to take a test in order to get to this, or is this a conversation that you have? I think the test, I think the test is a great starter. It, it gives you a, where am I now? And, and then it's like, from there you go, well, where do you want to, where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? What's, what's holding you back from going there? What are ways to expand? You give people hope, you give people opportunity, then that just makes the journey better. It totally does. You know, and it's, and so many people are afraid to take that first. I just like help, you know, you know, it's, I like helping people. I know that sounds like so, so cliche, but I really do. Yeah. Help, you know, part of life is giving and um, part of giving gives us satisfaction and gives other people satisfaction as well, because the ones that are receiving are looking for something. And um, if you can provide that to them, then that just uh, makes a mutual satisfaction from the soul. Now I come to this question. All right. How can it help people? How can getting an erotic blueprint help people? Well, for starters, I think it gives the people a language, a common language, an understanding of, of their, of their true nature. They can go, Oh, this, this is what I like. This is, and this is why I like it. And I'm totally normal. I think in many ways it validates a person's sexuality. And that's important in today's society. Yeah. You know, there's, they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm, you know, you could be, I mean, the, the range of sexuality is, is so huge and no one, there's just so few people that really, I just don't think enough people know what's possible. I just don't think people know what's truly possible at all. Like they're just limited to what society teaches them. So I, I would say that's, you know, that, that common language, understanding that you're normal, just the way you are, knowing that your partner's normal, knowing that what you're asking for and what they're asking for and learning how they can coexist together. I mean, how it can bring couples together, how it can bring partners back from a sexless relationship, how it can help people with, with like challenges, like physical challenges. Um, I mean, you know, everybody, you know, people age and, and your hormones. I mean, my gosh, just hormonal health is a huge component. That's just not well shared. It's not, you know, if you go to your doctor, you're like, Hey, I'm having, you know, I'm having some erectile dysfunction or something. And they're like, well, let's test your testosterone. They're like, well, what do you expect? You're a, you're, you're a 60 year old man. That's, that's what your testosterone should be. But that's, and they're like, well, that's normal, but that's not optimal. I mean, who wants to just, you know, I'd rather much be optimal and have like an optimal health than having what's dictated to me as normal. You know, I'm in charge of my life. And I think the blueprints gives people the ability to put themselves in the driver's seat for their sexual pleasure and health. And that's important in today's day, in today's society, in um, helping to keep a relationship moving forward. And um, if you're a single, it could help you to have a better understanding when you are seeking those kind of relationships. Yeah. If someone wanted to explore this option, what do you recommend their first step is? 
Well, I would say you could probably go to my website, which we'll put the links here below, um, but it's eroticallywired.com. And I am getting ready to start a group class. I've got, I hold four classes. I've, I do four group classes a year. Um, my next one is, oh gosh, what is it? September, I believe it's September 26th. It is September 26th and it's a Saturday. And there's actually a very interesting reason why I do this, why I start those in September. And it's because, well, I did some research. I did some Google research <laughs> and it is, um, there's a couple of times a year where people search for help. People search for help in, in September. And I have theories on why. Um, one of my theories is you're just coming out of the summer. You did your family vacations. Reality hits home with you and you, and the kids go back to school in September and a couple goes, I, I can't live this. <sighs> People go, I just can't live this way anymore. So they're seeking. Yeah. They're wanting and they're needing to move forward in life. And they're just looking for an answer of how to do that. So you're an option for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I do. So I'm starting a class. Um, we're starting this group class, uh, set Saturday, September 26th. It runs, it runs eight weeks. We go, we, we've got, oh my God, there's so much support. There's, you know, weekly calls I've got, we have over 30 plus hours of video lessons that I use as the framework. So every week you go through like you start off and you do, what are the you know, what are the foundations for success? What are our goals? What are your fears? What are your desires? And then we use that as the framework to start building. And then the next week we get into what is your core erotic blueprint, which looks at, you know, the five stages of sexuality. And then it looks at the four obstacles or pathways to optimal sexual health. Because if you're, yeah, you know, if your hormones are online or are these in person, we do, um, they're online. So it's, it's all online. And then we do, I, I do like, I've been using zoom because of COVID. I used to host, I used to do like talks and workshops pre COVID, but well, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> Life has changed. Life has changed. So we're just adapting, uh, you know, and then, and then the third week we really get into like determining blueprints for you, being able to determine blueprints for others. So if you're single or partner, what's your partner's blueprint? What's that girls across the rooms blueprint. Then the next week we get into feeding, you know, cause it's great to know what your blueprint is, but how do you feed it? How do you satisfy yourself? How do you satisfy your partner? Um, then we get into like speaking because the blueprints speak in different ways and learning how to speak in someone's blueprint is honoring. It's honoring them really. And then the next week we get into, into shadows and healing and, you know, really digging into like, what's holding you back? Why do you feel shame about this? What's holding, you know, and, and a lot of, and it's amazing what comes up for people. They go, well, I had no idea that like this one event when I was five years old, put me on this course. And then they get rid of that. And then they're like, oh my gosh, this whole world's opened up to me. Um, then we get into expansion. You know, it's like, well, now, you know, your blueprint, where do you want to go next? You know, maybe now's the time to learn your partner's blueprint if it's different from yours. And, and then in the eighth week, we wrap it all up with like, well, now how do I move forward? How do I have just amazing hot sex for the rest of my life? 
Sounds like an amazing opportunity to open your relationship up. Yeah, it really is. It's it's and, well, as well as yourself within yourself, you have an awakening within yourself that um, allows you to become a better person all the way around and a better person for your partner. Yeah, it, it's really you know it's connection and being able to, and and having having a you know like being in love is one thing, but having a really satisfying sexual connection with your partner. It just makes everything better. It really does it. Like it, it goes into all aspects of your life. 100%. Yeah. And they can get in touch with you on your website. Absolutely. Okay. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes and so forth. Any last words of wisdom? Don't be afraid to be who you are. Let it out. It's okay. You're normal. Um, when you're honest and have empathy for others, people see that. And it's, it, it's incredibly powerful. I mean, I think this is world-changing stuff. I mean, if everybody had this, these skills and levels of connection, I mean, I think the world would be at just a different place. I agree with that. Those are some excellent words of wisdom. Jack, thank you very much for sharing your journey with us and helping us to educate and to expand people's opportunities for bettering themselves and their relationships. Thank you. Wow, this has been fantastic. I love this. Well, I... I had a fantastic conversation, and um, I look forward to having a follow-up sometime in the future. Yes, please do. I'd love to come back on your show. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. That's beforeyougopodcast.com. Tell your story. Share your expertise, contribute to the blog, and subscribe to the newsletter. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform. And one more thing before you go. Have a nice day, have a nice week, and thanks for listening. One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life podcast, is a creation of One More Thing Productions, established 2010, all rights reserved.